You're listening to CX Passport, the show about creating great customer experiences with a dash of travel talk. Each episode, we'll talk with our guests about great CX, travel, and just like the best journeys, explore new directions we never anticipated. I'm your host, Rick Denton. I believe the best meals are served outside and require a passport. Let's get going. 100 episodes. 100. Even as a host, I'm a bit stunned. When episodes one, two, and three released that first weekend in April 2021, I had no idea where this podcast would go. Its existence is only due to you, the wonderful group of CX Passport listeners, and the kindness and willingness of so many great guests to be on the show. I'm thankful to all past guests for allowing CX Passport to get to this point. With listeners and guests coming from all continents, except for Antarctica, but I still have hope, I have learned so much. Heard some great stories, had some really hearty laughs as well, and I hope you, the listener, have too. So what to do for the 100th episode? Listeners, you deserve to get something special to celebrate. That's why my mind went right to asking today's guest if he'd be willing to join the show. You are in for a treat today as Mike Gathright, Senior Vice President, Head of Customer Experience at Hilton shares a conversation with me today on CX Passport. So often when we're looking for models of what great customer experience looks like, we turn to the hospitality world. What does that mean, though? Why do we think that? And what does that mean for an industry that has been whipsawed, perhaps more than any other by the COVID pandemic? I had the opportunity to work alongside Mike when I did some consulting work for Hilton several years ago. Right off the bat, I saw three key things in his leadership style and his organization. One, a focus on employee experience. Two, a recognition that human and digital worlds of customer experience must come together to create an overall great customer experience. And three, phrases like spreading the light and warmth of hospitality weren't just corporate purposes, they were personal ones. Mike embodies these three, and I can't wait to get into these topics with him. To amplify point one, music lovers will appreciate this. You know when you discover a band before everyone else does? Maybe you were given a demo tape, and I know that dates me with that, that reference. Or maybe you randomly saw them in a club with a hundred or maybe just a couple dozen other people. When that band then gets big, you proudly wear your maybe worn out t-shirt from that first concert showing everyone you were cool before everyone else discovered them. Well, if COVID is the stadium tour of work from home, Mike has the t-shirt from the garage band club days well before the pandemic. An extremely high percentage of the contact center team was work from home. Employee experience mattered to the team then, continue to do so through the pandemic, and then especially as we emerge from it. It'll be good to get Mike's perspective on that extended journey. And as you'd expect from someone with that fantastic Hilton employee rate, Mike has plenty of stamps in his travel passport. I hope to dive into those stamps as well today. This is going to be a fun ride with Mike. Fasten your seatbelts, put those tray tables up as we are ready to take off. Mike, welcome to CX Passport. Thanks, Rick. It's great to be here with you today. And congratulations on uh, congratulations on 100 episodes as well. Well, thanks, Mike. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm really, really pleased that you get to be a part of the 100th episode. This, this means something to me, and I hope it means something to you. It's going to be a lot of fun. Let's just start off, because I know you, but not everyone does. Let's just a bit of an overview. Would you share with the listeners a little bit about your role and organization? Sure, Rick. So um, I lead the customer experience organization for Hilton, and our CXORG is made up of um, not just our contact center teams, you, you referenced that in the opening, but also our digital teams. And we've got product managers and program managers, our experience design team, 
teams um, all focused on an integrated customer experience uh, across various channels at Hilton and uh, the various touch points that uh, our customers experience with us. I think that unification is something I really want to talk about later. I, I love the, the brief overview, but I want to dive deeper into that because that was something that I mentioned in the intro that I found so just right. It just felt right. But I want to want to start with something else, actually, kind of outside of the Hilton world. You've, you've had experience at other brands that are known for focusing on customer experience. So thinking about those experiences, I know they influenced who you are and what you do at Hilton today, but what's unique about that Hilton purpose that drew you to join Hilton and stay at Hilton? Yeah, well, Rick, you mentioned a big part of that in your opening. You mentioned uh, the light and warmth of hospitality. We're we're lucky to be a hundred year old company, but one that still has the vision from our founder Conrad Hilton that he said from the beginning, which was to spread the you know, to fill the earth with the light and warmth of hospitality. And so, for me, when I first um, you know began to explore joining Hilton, that was a really important point for me. It was important for me to have a connection you know, personally to the to the purpose, the vision of the company. And as I began to explore and, and understand that more, uh, really saw how that that permeated throughout the organization. And then to be here, uh, and, and you, you know, mentioned staying here, it's really, you know, that ability to connect to that purpose to everything we do. You know, for those of us in the CX industry, um, it's sort of your dream, right? So many times yeah. you have companies that somewhere along the way decide that their vision is to do that. But when you can sit here a hundred years later with a founder who you know started the company based on this vision, uh, and to still be part of you know bringing that to life every day, and in ways that he could have never dreamed about, you know, you know, hundred years ago, uh, it just is fun and exciting, and uh, and and you know keeps me motivated and energized every day. I think what I want to ask you about there, and one that's just great, right? It's just, uh, it's so right how you talked about from the beginning. Heck, uh, it's an audio only podcast. And so people can't see the books that are behind me, but back there is Conrad Hilton's book. Uh, it's a little dog eared, yellowed paperback. And it was interesting to see how that truly was a part of the story, the origin story from the absolute beginning. But what does it mean? So it's a phrase, but it's embodied in who you are and what the company is. What does it mean to you? when we talk about the light and warmth of hospitality? Yeah, it's a great question, um, Rick. And I think, you know, for 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 me, we, we've seen, uh, we have, there's a recent example that sort of comes to mind. We, we uh, every year, are, are, uh, we have a, a CEO light and warmth of hospitality award okay. um, that goes to some of the top individuals across the company. And, and uh, we had a, a lady, Christina Lauer, within our organization, yeah. Uh, this year, and I think you worked with Christina. I did. Uh, She's that, awesome. That one, she is fantastic. And and you know, I said this in an in an internal call. Um, you know that she personifies what we mean by light and warmth of hospitality. And you know, and, and in that, you know, with Christina, it's not just the way she leads her teams, but it's the way that she engages with her community. Uh, she she lives uh, in Estonia uh, with the the Ukraine uh, war and the refugee crisis. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, she uh, found many Ukrainians uh, showing up in uh, in her hometown, and so she opened up her home. Uh, she, uh, you know, uh, picked up additional apartments to to put families in. Um, and you know, when you think about the core of light and warmth of hospitality, and what happens so often in travel, right, is all of these barriers that you have start to get broken down. 
Um, and it really creates an opportunity to do something unique. And, you know, and Christina personified that in the work that she does every day with her teams, but also within our community. And I think for us, uh, you know, within Hilton, as we think about travel, you think about everything that's gone on over the last couple of years and in our environment, people getting back together, um, you know, breaking down, uh, you know, barriers of, of cultures and communities. Uh, and so what are the things that we can do from a CX perspective that continue to make that easier, to make that simpler, uh, you know, to reduce friction in that, but ultimately at the core of, of, of we, you know, end up being in a people serving people business. Uh, and so how do we do things that enable uh, that to come to life uh, in, in unique and different ways? I'm so glad that Christina's story made it into the episode because she is an amazing person. I actually didn't know that about what she supporting Ukrainian population that is coming across. Yeah. A, and so to see someone like Christina taking care of folks and applying not just what she does in her work life, but taking it into her non-work life. This is your captain speaking. I want to thank you for listening to CX Passport today. We've now reached our cruising altitude, so I'll turn that seatbelt sign off. While you're getting comfortable, hit that follow or subscribe button on your favorite podcast app so you'll never miss an episode. Love if you'd tell a friend about CX Passport, leave a review so others can discover the show as well. Now, sit back and enjoy the rest of the episode. You, you talked about creating great customer experience. And, and I realized right now I would want to actually just spend the entire episode talking about warmth and light and, and, and all of that. But I've, I've got some other things that I wanted to ask you. Creating that great customer experience, one of the things, and I've alluded to it in the introduction, I've mentioned it a couple of times, that I found really fascinating is not just um, kind of conceptually, but organizationally, the human, that contact center and the digital side of the experience are woven together in the Hilton world, specifically with your organization. Why was it important for you to be a part of unifying that human and digital experience? And what benefits does that bring to the ultimate Hilton guest community in their guest experience. Sure. Well, I mentioned a while ago, you know, we're a we're a people serving people business. At the, mm -hmm. at the end of the day, people are traveling, traveling, physically traveling, showing up in hotels, um, you know, experiencing our product, if you will, through through that uh, those trip occasions. And yet, at the same time, we know people are uh, digitally savvy. And again, in the last two years, you've only seen that accelerate. Uh, right through the pandemic, the, the the digital acceleration from us, you know, ordering groceries and food from our homes, right? Uh, you know, really, really caused a, a huge adoption there, and and so we we've spent some time over the last you know year or two where I think a lot of times you, you sit down and you go, okay, what's that human experience and how do I digitize it? And I, I think just with the foundation of you know light warmth of hospitality, we're constantly looking at that and saying. Like, how do I invert that and go, what can I do to humanize the digital experience? Mm -hmm. And, and you know, the contact center, for those that are in that space, know it is a abundant source of super valuable information um, of oh, what yeah. you're both doing right as an organization. And so many of us in the contact center, and I've, you know, heard this on multiple of your previous podcasts, we tend to focus on the defects. You know, what are the things that aren't going right so that we can solve <laughs> them and find the root cause right. problems? And, you know, that's... You know, I think we're all kind of wired that way, uh, but but it, it you know th there's a lot of really valuable information and uh, and and our ability to sort of think about those ch channels in an integrated you know fashion that a customer you know they don't just sort of wake up one day and well I'm going to be analog today and I'm going to call the contact center and you know tomorrow I'm going to be digital and I may use my phone to do something 
those things are very integrated and we we sort of weave back and forth uh, in those experiences. And so again, for us, it was important to think about that journey in integrated fashion, think about how um, customers experience us, think about our core vision at the end and our purpose as a company uh, and deliver great customer experiences and and uh, and how we can enable that uh, you know, and and allow customers not to experience our silos or organizational structures that can often happen by accident. Yeah, and that that right there is one of the things that I thought was so fascinating about having it inside of one organization is at least you've gotten rid of one element of the silo. There may still be a technology reason why that this side doesn't understand that side when it comes to the experience or something like that. But at least organizationally, folks are, and I mean this both physically and virtually, sitting in the same room solving the same challenge, whether it is how can I create a great, you know, warm and empathetic conversation with a guest who is driving on I-95 and just wants to know where the next Hampton Inn is so that they can turn in at two o'clock with their crying toddler in the back, create that empathetic experience, along with how can I make sure that the the speedy traveler going through the airport has the ability to do what they want to with one thumb as they're in, engaging with the app. That's right. I mean, I'll give you an example of how that came to life and something that uh, you may have even seen or experienced, um, you know, yourself. We we there was a long problem that's existed in the hotel industry around connecting rooms, right? Uh, you know, oh, you mentioned yeah. the crying toddler. Toddler, you may not want the toddler to be in a room by themselves, but if you've got no, you know, small children or yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and so again, something that we heard over and over again in our contact centers was customers calling and saying, "I've booked two rooms. I want to make sure that they're next door to each other, or in a better case, I want to make sure that they're connecting." And we really started to think about that problem in integrated fashion, listening to that and realize that through some you know, technical work, we could enable the ability to confirm that at the time of booking. And so we've now, you know, over this last year, launched confirmed connecting rooms by Hilton and still the only, you know, uh, hotel chain that could do that. And, um, and that's just, again, an example of where sort of listening to our customers, listening to what mm-hmm. their needs were, understanding them from a human perspective, like why that's so important. And all of us with kids have, have sort of been yeah. there before um, and then really going, OK, how can we bring this to life in a way that actually you know creates a better experience um, you know, for the guest? And by the way, it creates a better experience for the hotel because nothing's more frustrating than to think you've got you know room side by side and to arrive at the hotel and oh, find yeah. that you're on opposite sides of the hotel. They're on different floors with, mm-hmm. with young kids. And, and if you're a hotel and it's full and there's nothing you can do, they're also, as a, as a team member at the, at the front desk, feeling really you know, upset that they can't yeah. you know, meet the needs of the customer. So this is just one of those that, that you know, creates satisfaction across the board. And it, we'll, we may talk, we're going to talk about employee experience from a re- remote work from home perspective, but in addition to both the you know customer being happier, but then you've just described the employee experience got better because the, they've been equipped with the tools through this digital, uh, which was inspired by the learning from the employee. I can absolutely attest to it. Now I've got children who are at the time of this recording, 20 and 17. So I don't care where their room is. In fact, I'd prefer it if they'd be somewhere <laughs> right. else. Um, we booked properties for our, our Hilton properties for our upcoming trip in Japan. And we did not select the connecting room option, but I thought the first time I saw that come out, I thought that is brilliant. I love the ad campaign too, where the parents are waving across the courtyard <laughs> in the sketchy hotel. I, I, I love that whole journey from insights from the contact center into the product development, into the ultimate employee experience. It is, 
I, I absolutely love that. It true. It shows the humanization of the digital options that can exist. You've just given me our new product idea. The next thing we'll launch is confirmed. You're nowhere near your kids, so uh, <laughs> th- that'll that'll be the next uh, the next product. <laughs> can I get some sort of Easter egg in that product that somehow <laughs> there you, you know there's like a it's the Denton product or something like that exactly. a little Easter egg just that we know. Oh, that's, that's right. brilliant, Mike. I love that idea a lot, actually. <laughs> Let me take us down a little turn here because I love travel. You love travel. You have access to phenomenal travel through Hilton. And I know it's just kind of a part of who you are, even if you weren't a part of Hilton. So there are great Hilton properties all over the globe. feels like an ad for Hilton right now, but I do. I love the brand. I enjoy it. But I imagine that we could spend an entire podcast talking about your travels. So limit us here. But what are some of your most memorable experiences with travel inside of the Hilton brand? Yeah, that's, you know, it's, it's a little bit of a dangerous question because it's sort of like asking me which one is my favorite <laughs> yeah, child. That's right. um, I mean, every, everybody knows it's Abby, but don't don't tell Austin that that's the case. No, I'm just I'm, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Sorry, um, Austin. Yeah, exactly. No, it's all good. Um, I, I think uh, uh, I, I'm going to I'm going to go with a recent um, you know, sort of memorable experience. And uh, it, that way I can you know, play safe of not picking a favorite, but this I is like uh, okay. know, most, We're safe. Most, most recent. Um, we we uh, we recently opened uh, Resorts World Las Vegas, uh, which oh, is yeah. a, a tri-branded hotel. Uh, it's got uh, our Hilton product, our Conrad uh, product, and our LXR um, uh, Crockford's product that's, that's there. And uh, we just uh, a month ago hosted 2,000 of our owners um, at this property. It's a 3,500 room, just a really, really amazing property. Um, but, you know, in showcase there was a little, little bit of everything that, um, you know, sort of you, you want to come to life. Uh, amazing uh, entertainment um, and a really great intersection of really amazing, hospitable team members and some great technology. And so anytime you try to put an event on that's got you know a couple of thousand people, yeah. that's always a challenge. When you put an event on that has a couple of thousand hotel owners, yeah. they're all experts <laughs> in the space. Um, you know, that is a, an, an, an added challenge. In Felt a little itself. pressure there. All right. <laughs> all, all experts in themselves, And, uh, and, and the, the, the hotel did an amazing job, um, of, uh, of showcasing and highlighting, um, everything that has made them a, a new, great, uh, Hilton property. And so that was an experience that, you know, just recently, again, seeing the hospitality, seeing the integration of, you know, fidgetal where that physical and digital comes together, uh, being able to celebrate with, uh, you know, 2,000 plus of our owners was uh, was a really memorable experience. Now, Mike, that property sounds incredibly fantastic, but sometimes travel isn't fantastic. Sometimes it can be a little bit, a r- bit rough. And so, especially, you know, let's talk about maybe the airline. It's not the hotel, but it's the airline that causes a little bit of challenge for you, right? So, Let's take a little break in the first class lounge. Let's just enjoy that for a moment. And we're going to move quickly here and hopefully have a little bit of fun. What is a dream travel location from your past? Um, a dream travel location that that I actually want to return to is Croatia. Um, ah. I had an opportunity to visit Croatia back in 2009. It's hard to believe it's been that long ago. Goodness. Um, relatively short trip. And it has been on my list to get back to and experience. I found that the culture, uh, the food um, was just was just amazing. And I want to spend more time and explore more of Croatia. So it's an area that I that I love, but also want to get back to. 
Man, Croatia does sound, several guests have mentioned Croatia, sometimes as a just hoping to get there, but it does sound just absolutely fantastic. I I hope to get there someday myself. Speaking of hoping to get somewhere, what is a dream travel location you've not been to yet? Um, Maldives. Uh, and this is both a dream Hilton, uh, we've got mm. amazing properties there as well as uh, just dream locations. So uh, I, I, uh, I, I've, I've got uh, uh, Amy and I's 25th wedding anniversary coming up next year. So maybe that's uh, maybe that's the time to try to pull the trigger on that trip. Now, I don't know if you need to tell me later, I need to edit that part out if it's going to be a surprise, but uh, if Amy's listening, then she'll know that the Maldives are on the list for uh, the 25th anniversary. Yeah, that's all good. Don't take her anywhere short of that now, it sounds like. so. <laughs> that's right. What is a favorite thing to eat? My favorite thing to eat, you know, especially living in Texas, is probably Tex-Mex food. Mm. Um, so uh, just always hearty filling um, you know, good, good, uh, good, good eating. Now, Mike, I'm curious, do you have a favorite Tex-Mex restaurant in the area? I do. And if, uh, you know, for those in the, the, the Dallas or, or especially in the Frisco area, La Hacienda, ah, yeah. uh, is, uh, is our, is our family go-to, um, you can find us there many Friday nights, uh, <laughs> and, uh, and also in the takeout line, uh, many weekends, uh, <laughs> on a Sunday night, just, uh, pulling it, you know, bringing it home. Good place, good place. Well, if you're if listeners, if you're ever in Frisco, Texas, USA, head over to La Hacienda at Mike's recommendation. It is a good place. I can second that. What uh, on the other side, though, is a thing your parents forced you to eat, but you hated as a kid? Black-eyed peas. Really? Okay. Yes. I don't know why, and I still can't eat them to this day. They taste like dirt to me. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, black-eyed peas. And I, you know, again, I grew up in the South where that's right. It was very common to uh, you know grow vegetables and shelling uh, peas mm-hmm. and beans. And and I, I actually just didn't really like many vegetables at all when I was a yeah. kid. But black-eyed peas, I could specifically remember. My my mom and dad would force me to eat them, and I would just gag through the whole through the whole setting. <laughs> I love this question. I love the reactions of people. Now, what's interesting to me is I loved black eyed peas as a kid. I love them today. And for those that aren't familiar with some of the U.S. and kind of really Southern traditions, black eyed peas are a something you eat on New Year's Day for good luck. So I imagine that was a bit of torture for you every Jan one. It is, and it continues to be. And I, you know, I usually find myself, you know, getting one pea down, and I <laughs> check the box that. I'm going to have good luck for the year, you know, maybe a few more here and there, but yeah, not <laughs> oh, my that's, favorite. <laughs> that's fantastic, Mike. Now with all your travels, what is one travel item, not including your phone that you will not leave home without? I always have my eye mask with me. Um, you know, a lot of international flights. Um, I'm, I'm actually lucky that I can sleep pretty much anywhere, manage that really by light and dark. And so if I'm in a place that I need to sleep and uh, and it's light outside. I can throw the eye mask on and be asleep pretty quickly. Let's talk about that concert t-shirt that I mentioned. The Hilton team was way ahead of the trend when it came to work from home. So two questions have come to my mind when I think about that. Why was that approach important then? And by then, I mean pre-pandemic. How would you then describe the changes to employee experience and then by extension customer experience as we've evolved into and through and hopefully out of the pandemic? Yeah, you know, I've been involved um, with, especially in the contact center work at home for, you know, 10 plus years now, um, you know, long before pandemic. And Mm. 
And in the you know the, the the beginning part of your question really got into that trying to think about how to tap into different demographics um, in the contact center and you know the the traditional uh, especially in the contact center or and even hiring broadly tends to be geographic. Um, yeah. You're in a geographic location. You're trying to tap into um, areas within those geographies uh, or groups within those geographies that you think match. But you're limited by what groups or or uh, or people exist within that geography, mm-hmm. and the recognition with uh, work at home was you started to have you break down a lot of those barriers, and there's some really interesting demographics that you can tap into that you may have not been before. And some of the early ones that we began to you know sort of recognize were um, you know groups like uh, disabled uh, mm-hmm. you know communities that. You know, may or may not have been able to physically get into an office, but um, uh, you know, great employees. Um, military spouses was another really interesting oh, yeah. you know, demographic where um, you think about military spouses that they may be you know moving with their spouse uh, on deployments, constantly having to find a job. You know, here's a space where you can keep the same job and, oh, and yeah. travel around with you. So we just really found that, um, you know, that there was a really demographic benefit of, uh, you know, enlarging your candidate pool um, and some candidate pools that were, you know, maybe largely untapped before. Uh, and that we saw, uh, you know, had great you know customer experiences. Again, military spouses, you know, and, and travel and hospitality um, really meshed well. Many of them were yeah. constantly having to, you know, travel, you know, be in hotels, had experiences. And, uh, and it, it, again, it was just a really great match for us. Yeah. I could see how uh, I hadn't even thought of the military spouse being, we always talk about, we want our, our employees, whatever it is, whether they're agents or anything to be understanding and empathetic of the customer. And it can be hard, uh, if the customer is slightly different than you or what that might be. But I hadn't thought of the fact that the military spouse definitely knows what the traveler is experiencing and can That's be right. empathetic and sympathetic to what that they are going through. What's that look like? That makes a ton of sense for me, right? As as far as why do it then? And I think it's interesting that it was a talent pool thing. It wasn't necessarily an employee engagement thing, although that certainly played into it, but a talent pool and access to great talent. As you think about taking that work from home experience into the pandemic where the rest of the world joined you on the concert tour, but then now that, again, we're not all the way out, but hopefully emerging from the pandemic, what does that look like from an employee experience? Yeah, I, there's something that I think we learned pre-pandemic, and it's a great you know sort of question and, and um, you know something for a lot of your listeners to think about. We did recognize that just because you work at home that that doesn't mean that people don't want to have human interaction. Yeah. Um, that doesn't mean that they don't want to understand their peer group. And, um, you know, and, and pre-pandemic, a lot of the, uh, especially video technology, wasn't as uh, prevalent or easily right. adopted as it is, you know, post-pandemic. And so, you know, at, at Hilton, for example, we created um, what we called Hilton Hometown Events. And we benefit by the fact that, you know, we have... Uh, you know, 7,000 properties around the globe in 122 <laughs> countries. So that's true. You know, even if you just focus that in in the U.S., you know, it's it's not hard to to find a property near uh, mm-hmm. a collection of team members. And so we started, uh, you know, uh, bringing our teams together, um, you know, a couple times a year, uh, so that they could they could um, uh, one uh, interact with each other, learn from each other, uh, but also to learn more about our brands and our hotels. Uh, that they were that they were supporting, 
And so for me, that was a lesson that we had to sort of learn in the early days of this is that that while work at home, you know, provides a tremendous benefit, that there are, is still some opportunities to bring people together. And I think, you know, in as we went through the pandemic, um, that was something that we were benefited by already having a large team working at home, but that we're all sort of experiencing now. You know, we talk about it in terms of hybrid world. What does that yeah. mean? Um, but I think it's a, it's an important aspect of it that uh, there's a lot of benefits of virtual and there's a lot of um, aspects of that that are great from uh, an employee engagement experience process. But you have to really think about, um, you know, every company may be a little bit different on what that engagement looks like. Yeah. Make sure that your, your uh, you know, team members um, really can connect with each other in a way that's, that's uh, necessary for them. I like that. And I... I having been there was familiar with the hometown events but love that recognition that just because i want to be at home and for some maybe i have to be at home doesn't mean that i don't want to be around people and want to have that touch and i like how you brought that into it let's stay in the contact center you you mentioned and we talked about this as far as the insight that came up with connecting rooms and that is you have one of the best customer listening posts possible that actual customer voice and in some cases the literal customer voice where they talk but then also how they chat they email and they just over interact overall interact with you in the human and the digital space so uh, how kind of systematically are you leveraging that total voice of the customer program to then drive business results? It'd be one thing, okay, great, we got the VOC, but what do you do to drive the business results? What's that journey been like? Yeah, it, it, journey is the right word. Um, it, it is definitely a journey. I think we, you know, you, you go back, um, you know, years in the contact center space. You, I think you mentioned uh, demo tapes at the beginning, right? The, the early days of <laughs> of call recordings, which it was literally right. a tape recorder, uh, you know, that you were you were recording calls on. Um, you know, today, what 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 is amazing with the technology available, we have an insane amount. Um, us at Hilton, but everybody that's you know that's listening within their company of unstructured text, yeah, um, of information that's out there of sentiment of the customers, what their, you know, likes and dislikes are, what's going well, what's not going well. And, uh, you know, our journey is really how we tap into that uh, more holistically. So we've got, um, you know, programs that today are allowing us to use some of that information uh, and to be able to share it back with our business partners, um, share it back with product teams, share it back with our hotels. Uh, but we're on a journey to even improve on that and mm-hmm. um, how we really yeah, it was a, you know, just a discussion on today, sort of the difference between sort of dashboarding that information and turning it into workflows. Like, how do oh. you really take that information uh, and make it actionable mm-hmm. for people that can do something with it? And um, and so that's where you know we'll be spending a lot of time in the in the next year or two taking that unstructured data today uh, and turning it into really actionable workflows for teams. Uh, Ooh, I like to, that. To help improve the guest experience. I like that that's the focus, right? It, it clearly, even if you are still on that journey, you're finding those successes already. We talked about the the, con- the connecting rooms, but I like the, what you said there of, okay, dashboard is great, but then what do we do with it? It's that moving from survey and score to listen and act. And so you're actually doing something with it in a systematic way. And I, I think there's phenomenal value. Well, of course, I think there's phenomenal, I'm quite biased that there's <laughs> phenomenal value, value in that, but it's great to hear. And I think it's encouraging for folks, the listeners to hear that, you know, a brand like Hilton is on that journey as well. So wherever you are in that journey, be encouraged that it's okay that where you are, there's still growth to to be had there. You know, right. Mike, I was thinking about 
one of the things that we're hearing right now, right? Is sometimes you hear the big R word, you hear recession, sometimes just a downturn or, or whatever. You know, it, travel's been so whipsawed, right? We just got out of a pandemic, then there's revenge travel, and now there's the possibility of recession. And I'm not even necessarily speaking of Hilton specifically, but just in general, sometimes the contact center can be under threat in that environment. It can be viewed as a cost center instead of a customer insight center. So how do you, I think I'll use this word, how do you ensure that it's protected or at least how do you ensure that the value of those customer insights are recognized as a company might go into uh, an economic reality that involves a downturn? Yeah, it's. I think it's a really, it's it's a really real risk that exists for contact centers and um, and uh, you know, within organizations. And so, uh, I, I think it's one important that they're holistically understood. So we've been talking about you know the value of data and information, right? If if contact centers are simply seen as uh, you know, I, I pick up the phone, I answer questions, and I rapidly get to the next question. Yeah. And they're not seen as a source of insight back to you know the company as a whole. Um, that's the first place to start um, because you've got to change the narrative. Yeah. You know, we're we're lucky and and uh, you know intentional at Hilton uh, to make sure that the conversation is broader. And so we're doing exactly what you you know sort of implied there is as as we go into you know, sort of recessionary time, we're leaning into this space, right? We know that more than ever, it's important that we understand our customers, that we understand their needs and wants, we understand uh, the opportunities that are created, fight against the risks that you become less focused on uh, customers. So to us right now, that the contact center is as important as it's ever been. The data that's inside of that is as important as it's, ever, as it's ever been. And we're really trying to lean into that. But ultimately, as you started with the question, to drive significant ROI, right? So as yeah. that experience that you can enhance at the at the hotel for us that ensures a guest will want to come back, is that a product that you can create that is is necessary for travelers. To me, the most important starting point is if as a company, you're not having a conversation about the data and the insights that come from your contact center and how they can be a, a power and a force for your organization, you've got to start there. Because if you're trying to start from a position of we're just answering calls, then you're you're going to be sort of on, on your heels from the get-go. My gosh, I would almost want to end the podcast right there. Like that's that's <laughs> such a valuable, insightful nugget right there. And I love the way you said it, it that idea of leaning into it. Right? No, no, we're not backing away from our contact center or any other you know, customer-oriented focus. We're heavily leaning into it because that's how we think we're going to win, regardless of what the macroeconomic indicators tell us is leaning in like that. Let's talk about the future. Let's close out with the future. You know, Mike, uh, a, and I know that as a frequent Hilton guest, I have valued the brand's innovation, right? It's not new now, but the digital key was new. And it's so nice to know that my phone can manage the, the property if I left the key in the room or didn't even bother with the key because I went straight to the room. You know, I even thought the brand linkage with Lysol and the clean stay was brilliant to give guests confidence. So innovation can come from digital. It can come from human. It can come from the physical. Talk to me about 23. What's next on the horizon? for the guest, the Hilton guest experience. What am I about to get really excited about experiencing as a guest? Yeah, I think, you know, there's, there's a lot of things that are, um, that, that are easy to sort of get excited about. Um, and, and, uh, you know, for us, what we continue to do is try to look at what are those broader trends uh, that are out there. And, um, you know, so areas like payments, 
okay. uh, is is an area where I think we have a lot of uh, of runway ahead of us. Uh, you, know, you think about sort of the digital uh, and nature of payments today, the ease of payments, um, and uh, that that's a space that we're leaning into a lot right now. Uh, and I think as we we go through you know 23 and beyond, you'll start to really see transform across Hilton and in the hotel experience. Um, that that whole digital you know space of you know sort of digital uh, and and physical meeting and in room entertainment oh, yeah. um, is is another area that we're continuing to really uh, grow and accelerate. Um, you know, messaging uh, as basic as that sounds. Uh, is an area that we we have an opportunity to make sure that it's um, you know that it's sort of everywhere, but it also becomes a really great listening post <laughs> for real time information. Yeah. Um, and so you, again, we talked about unstructured text earlier. You think about all the information that can exist within messaging um, and the ability to connect that and to uh, you know solve problems real time or in, in hopefully in some cases before they even occur. Uh, is really powerful. So again, for us, it's really leaning into the things that customers are getting used mm-hmm. to in their everyday life, making sure that they're just as easy and simple to do in their interactions with Hilton and and uh, and their hotel stay, uh, and and ultimately making sure that uh, you know when they're trying to decide uh, where they want to stay, that it's Hilton for the stay. I like it, Mike. I like it. I'm going to be very excited about those uh, in 23. I definitely I love the idea of payments, but how you can solve all of that. And the, the messaging part's really intriguing to me. I, I love that I can message the staff at a hotel, but the idea of then discerning what's being messaged and understanding it real time and solving problems real time, or if even if not real time, understanding the underlying themes and solving that for the future. That, okay. I like that a lot. Mike, it's been a lot of fun as I expected. I definitely want to go see the, the resorts world now. I'm excited about that. I really appreciated you helping start with the light and the warmth and just walking through what customer experience means to Hilton, what it means to you and helping at least crystallize for me and certainly for our listeners, what it means to really merge those digital and those physical worlds in a way that is delightful for the customer experience and for the guest experience. Mike, it's been a wonderful show. Thank you so much for being on the show. Folks wanted to learn a little bit more about you and the Hilton approach to customer experience. Where can they learn more? Yeah. So um, feel free to follow Hilton and all of our channels, um, you know, your favorite social channels, uh, encourage uh, those of you that are on TikTok to to follow Hilton uh, there as well, but uh, uh, all all of the other great social channels, and you can find me on LinkedIn. That's great, Mike. Mike, again, thank you so much. I'll get all that in the show notes. It was a wonderful conversation today. Thank you for being on the hundredth episode. On to the next hundred, Mike. It's going to be phenomenal. But thank you for being on this show today. That's right. Well, Rick, thanks for having me. It's been a pleasure uh, spending time with you. And again, congratulations on 100 shows and look forward to 100 more. Thanks for joining us this week on CX Passport. Make sure to visit our website, cxpassport.com, where you can hit subscribe so you'll never miss a show. While you're at it, you can check out the rest of the ex for cx website. If you're looking to get real about customer experience, EX4CX is available to help you increase revenue by starting to listen to your customers and create great experiences for every customer, every time. Thanks for listening to CX Passport and be sure to tune in for our next episode. Until next time, I'm Rick Denton, and I believe the best meals are served outside and require a passport. Passport.